right. <clears throat> Hello. Hello. Yeah, I think I might turn it down a little bit. Hello. Wait. Hello. Wait, wait, wait. Hello. Frank Walker from National Tiles. It's a little bit loud, I think. What the fuck? That was loud. There we go. All right. Are you going? Okay, we're going. Well, hello, hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Fogcast. I'm sitting here, as always, with an iced Australiano, quenching, quenching my thirst. Today, we're going to be uh, recapping UFC 259 that just happened over the weekend. Um, incredible performances by all the athletes, uh, except for Peter Yarn. Peter Yarn, you naughty, naughty boy. We'll get into that one a little bit later. Um, had a good weekend. Uh, it was very nice. Decided to take the weekend off Ubering because, you know, people are fuckwits. Um, uh, it was good. On Saturday, um, me and the girlfriend and one of her friends went to a, uh art exhibition down in Moomba. Or Merba, as the locals call it. Um, and I'm not usually, I'm not usually a, 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 an art guy. I'm a performing arts guy. Like, I love mu- uh, movies and I love... I nearly said musical. I mean, I like musicals. I was in a musical. I went and saw Wicked. I've, been, I've seen one musical. I went to see Wicked and it was... Wicked. Yeah, I don't know. It was too easy. It's low-hanging fruit. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so I went to an art exhibition. For, I actually think it's the first time. I've been to like museums and stuff like that where there's like pieces and shit to look at. But it was the first time I'd ever been to a... Um, like a, It was for portraits. And it was the... Oh, shit. What was the fucking name? It was like the Archibald Bishop Award, which apparently is the most prestigious um, award you can get in Australia for painting things. Portrait, specifically for portraits. I, again, I should have researched this before I started. But anyway, well, I should know, actually. I was there. <laughs> I was there. Um, but anyway, we went to this, um, went to this like art gallery and it was really nice and there was a lot of people walking around that looked like Cruella de Vil and, you know, that little Ed, Edna Mod from The Incredibles, you know, that little fucking lady, little art, art lady. Um, and it was cool. There was, like, lots of nice paintings of people's heads. I don't really... Okay, before I get into it, I don't really get art. I, I can appreciate art that's done very well and I'll see and I'll go, hmm, that's, that's really good. But for the most part, I'm like... And I, you know, it doesn't do anything for me. <laughs> anyway, so we get into the art gallery and, you know, we're walking around and they're in the foyer. Foyer? 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 Dustin Foyer? I don't know. In the foyer. Foyer? I don't know. In the foyer. In the foreground. In the, uh, it, wasn't, it, it was an art gallery. Foyer. In the foyer. Um, we were uh, looking at, there was like a bunch of... Um, Entries done by children, so there was like photos done, photos, portraits done by like kids under the age of 10 and then like 11 and 12 and 13 and a few of them, you know, shit because they were done by kids but then there was a few of them that were like, they were pretty good and I was like, ooh, wow, like that was done by a 12-year-old, like that's actually amazing. Like I couldn't, 
I couldn't draw anything when I was 12 years old except for a stick figure. You know what I mean? So I was looking, I was like, this is, this is pretty, this is pretty cool stuff. I was like, wow, that's done by a 13 year old boy. And they all like have like a little story on the side as well. Um, but then we went into um, the Archibald Prize. I think that's actually what it was called. I think it was. Don't quote me on that, even though it's my story. Yeah, look it up. Look it up. Pull that shit up, Jackie. <laughs> Archibald Prize. I think it's the Archibald Prize. Anyway, and then we went into the um, the actual Archibald Prize, like with all the ones that have been selected, like the best in the country, the best submissions in the country. Not those kind of submissions. You know, not Chokesville. Um, the best in the country. And I walked in there and I saw some of them and they're like, some of them are huge, like the, like bigger than me. And I was like, those kids can't paint for shit. <laughs> like at all. I went in there, I was like, man, these guys shit on those little kids. Why do they even have those 12-year-old kids' portraits hanging up? Like, fuck it, hell. Archibald? Archibald? Yeah, 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 Archibald Prize. Yeah, but um, but immediately when I went into the room with like the actual artist, I was like, oh, those kids actually sucked. These, this is where the real, this is where the magic happens. And then um, I was walking around and it was, it was really weird because some of them are like epic, like really well done, well textured, you know, had a story to them. They were like really nice paintings. And then some of them were just like fucking trash you'd see on like a kid like in art class doing man i took a photo one i'll actually show you right now took a photo of it look at this shit okay so look at this one that's amazing right i don't know if you can see that on the camera that's amazing it's a it's a middle east man in a turban it's amazing and then the next one this is in the same room by the way this is in the same room yeah yeah, is yeah, exactly. It looks like an eight-year-old that's on acid. It's like I'll describe it to you guys. It's like there's a there's a squiggly sausage monster with two heads, two sets of like uh, like eyes, ears, mouth, and nose, and then it's like man, like a a guitar cactus, and then there's a there's a fucking crocodile sideways. It's just like it's retarded. And then it says at the bottom rock and roll, and then up the top right it says. ACDC and I'm like is this done by like a genuine artist or like is someone taking the piss because it's fucking <laughs> but that's that's what I mean I don't get art as well but like that to me is shithouse anyway you probably listen to this going I get it Tom you don't like art <laughs> no it was fine it was fine the ones that were really impressive were very impressive knocked my socks off I had to go find my socks but for the most part, I was like, you know, bunch of paint. Anyway, it was a lovely afternoon. It really was. I just kind of was walking around mocking a lot of them. But that's, you know, that's kind of what I do. Anyway, I wanted to get stuck in today to talk about um, UFC 259. I got off on a little tangent then talking about my week, my weekend. Uh, epic day of fights or night of fights if you're in America. No one in America listens to me. Um, start off with the prelims. I missed the first three because it was like 8 o'clock and... Hey, I'm not going to spend my entire day watching them. <laughs> so I missed the first three and then apparently the fucking first three were like the best fights ever because the prelims, 
rock these days. This is like the pre-prelims, like the fight past prelims. Um, so I started watching as Jake Matthews, the Aussie, got choked out by an tr- arm triangle. Yeah, I I would I had I had him picked as well. I was like, oh, that's a heartbreaker. Any any of the Aussies, I'm always rooting for. So he got submitted, which is pretty brutal because I'm pretty sure he's like a, he's a grappler himself. So that's not good. Uh, after that fight, there was Kennedy Nzakuwuku. <laughs> he's from Nigeria. He's not from Kazakhstan. Um, he defeated Carlos Ulberg, who was um, fighting out of City Kickboxing, which is, of course, where um, Israel Adesanya fights out of. So, it, And it was his debut. And like in the um, embeddeds and all the uh, lead-up, Adesanya was like, this is the new light heavyweight champion. This is the guy to beat. You know, he's a world beater. He's fucking, you know, he's amazing and all that. And then he came out. and He actually did look amazing. And he, man, the first minute of the fight... Did you watch it? First minute of the fight, he just walks him down and the guy just had his guard up and he was just peppering him, just hitting him with all sorts of shots, but like kind of blew his load really quick. And then he kind of backed off, was really patient. Well, it seemed, but then by the time it got to the second round, he'd kind of kind of gassed a little bit. And then, uh, yeah, the big uh, black Nigerian man ended up knocking him out. Pretty, pretty convincingly as well. So it was 0-1 for, um, for City Kickboxing at that stage. I didn't lose any money on that one because it's someone's debut. I reckon never bet on someone's debut just as a little tip because it's a fucking their debut. They're probably really nervous. So like, even if they're like a world beater, yet I know. Uh, then it was Tim Elliott versus uh, Jordan Espinosa. Uh that was a bit of a non-event. We'll move on. Disrespectful to the athletes. <laughs> then we had Kai Kara France versus Rogero. Rogero? Rogero Bontorin. Uh, that was a fucking amazing fight. So Kai Kara France. France. Swapped. I don't even know how I say it. France. He, um, he spent the entirety of the first round with Rogero on his back. Like, just fighting chokes. The guy nearly had the... He actually nearly had the rear naked choke about four or five times. And he kept taking the hook off. And at one point, they were even standing and he's trying to shake him off. Like, he just couldn't... He just couldn't get the guy off of him. And then in the last, I think, 40 seconds of the first round, like, and the whole time, like, oh, he's done, he's done, he's done. The last 40 seconds of the first round, shakes him off his back. And the, thing, the best thing about... The funny things, funniest thing about jiu-jitsu, man, is that if you've spent, like quite an amount of time on someone's back trying to choke them and you don't get the choke, you've got a very pissed off man on your hands. Like after that, the guy, if you let the guy up and you just blown all your gas trying to squeeze him, he's like, fuck you. I know that from just being in the gym. If you don't finish it, they're coming out real hard. So fucking Kai Kai France, to his credit, man, stood up, put Rogerio, Rogerio? Oh man, horrible name. Put Rogerio on the fence and just... Fucking hit him with a hit him with a right hand, grabbed the top of his head, and then gave him an uppercut from hell, and then hit him over the top of his own uh, left hand, I believe, over his guard, and just put him out cold on his face. Just yeah, flatline, boom, on his knees, on his fucking face like this, and then Herb Dean like stepped in to stop the fight, but he like he didn't he didn't do the wave, 
he didn't do the like when they wave off the fight, like to say that the fight's done. He like jumped in and the guy was out, like face plant fucking out. And he like grabbed he grabbed Kai Car France on the on the hips. And then Kai Car France like kind of like ran around like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Herb Dean looked at him like, oh, I haven't like called the fight yet. And then the guy was like, like, oh, I'm still in this, you know, as they do when they get like knocked out of it. No, knocked out of it, knocked around a bit. He was a bit like, uh, and then he got to his feet, stanky leg, fell back down, and then Kaiko friends ran over to him like, I'm gonna fucking kill you. Like, came in to like smash him, and then Herb called it, and then it was yeah, it was re- really weird. And then that guy got pissed off and was like, Oh, I'm I'm alright, I'm alright, and fucking threw his mouth guard at Kaiko France. I was like, dude. Yeah, at that point they don't they don't know where they are exactly. But like, I was like, fucking man, calm down. And he was like, he was out. He was out cold. Also, Herb Dean stopped smoking so much herb. Straight up. Anyway, so that was amazing. Kai Car France. Uh, uh, amazing, amazing. Give you some applause. Yes, yes, yes. That is for you. Kai Car France. Coming off a, a, a loss, actually, in his last fight. He was... Um, fuck, I can't remember the guy's name, but it was a great fight and they ended up getting knocked out. They both dropped each other in the first round and they ended up getting knocked out. So this is a good... Comeback story for Kai Car France. Uh, the next fight was Askar Askarov. He has the same name twice, and then Ov at the end of it. So it's Askar Askarov. Be like if my name was Thomas Thomasov. Like fucking very very unoriginal from his parents. Like our last name is Askarov. Let's name us him Askar. Yes yes. Anyway. He, it worked for him because he ended up beating uh, Joseph Benavidez. Man, Joseph Benavidez obviously coming off the two losses to um, uh, Divison Figueiredo, the fucking powerhouse of the flyweight division. Uh, he got fucking brutalized in those fights and in this fight just got fucking peppered as well. He was like, he was overreaching, lunging in with his punches, telegraphing everything and man, honestly just looked a bit looked a bit over the hill and just like just couldn't get it together and just got fucked up. And it was kind of sad because it's sad to see guys that were great back in the day kind of take that turn in their career. So uh, everyone's talking about him like maybe retiring now. I mean, I'm sure he's still got some fights in him, but yeah, it was, that, was t- that was actually tough to watch. Uh, moving on to Kyler Phillips defeating Song Yadong by unanimous decision. Yes, you heard correctly. His name is Song Yadong. Yeah, so like if you went to high school with him, you wouldn't even have to pick an insult to call him. You'd be like, oi, Song Yadong. It works. It works. It's brilliant. Um, Kyla Phillips looked amazing everywhere. Just like complete domination. Fucking And he's striking. Uh, he just, he looked, he looked very, very good. I think that might have been his debut. Because I, I well, if it wasn't, I hadn't heard of him. And he fucking, I know about him now because his name's Kyler, and I don't know any, anyone named Kyler. You have to say him in the American accent because in Australian it's Kyla, and Kyla's like a girl's name, so you got to be Kyler, Kyler, Gator. This summer, <laughs> Kyler. <laughs> Fun to say. Anyway, uh, fight after that was uh, Dominic Cruz versus Casey Kenny. Um, Dominic, this was, I fucking saw a stat. This was Dominic Cruz's first non-title fight since 2014. Yeah. 
So he's been on and off with like injuries and all sorts of shit. He had a fight booked last year. I think his opponent dropped out and then he ended up fighting uh, Henry Cejudo and getting beaten by Henry Cejudo, if you remember that. It was about a year ago. It was on the um, Tony Gaethje card. It was on that card. Yeah, we watched that at Ollie's place, I believe. Um, and Dominic Cruz looked like vintage Dominic Cruz. He was doing the footwork, fucking stepping in with that straight right. It was, yeah, it was it was awesome to watch, especially after watching um, Joseph Benavidez kind of shit the bed. It was nice to watch Dominic Cruz make the bed without shit in it. <laughs> That's not a saying. Um, yeah, no, so he ended up winning by a split decision. It was really close in the after the second round. It was kind of like either fighters fight. It was pretty even. It was back and forth. And then in the third round, Dominic took over and um, showed his dominance and showed his fight IQ because he, he's one of the best in the biz. That's why he's one of the color commentators. Oh, he's not a color commentator. He's a fucking... I think he's color... I don't know. I can't even remember the difference. There's like color commentary and then there's like play-by-play and he's, I don't, I think he might be a play-by-play guy or color. I don't know. I don't know. Retarded. Anyway. Yeah. He looked amazing. Hats off to Dominic Cruz. Yield a man. All right. Then we'll move on to the main card. Probably a bit loud for, yeah, it's loud, isn't it? I should just turn that down. Apologies, guys. Apologies. Um, so we had Alexander Rakic versus Thiago Santos and it was a bit of a non-event, which can happen when you have two high-level guys with heaps of power. Uh, they just kind of respected each other too much. There was just way too much respect. Either way, that's the way I kind of saw it. And when you have too much respect on either side of the octagon, it's just not, not much happens. It was very like Derek Lewis. Well, not as bad, but it was very like Derek Lewis um, versus Francis Ngannou like the fight that was supposed to be the most exciting firefight ever. Like you think that and you're like, oh, two dudes are knockout artists. It's going to be great. And it just kind of isn't because they're too scared of getting knocked out. So it was kind of like that. Yeah, exact same thing. So this was Thiago Santos's comeback fight and he just didn't look the same. Whereas previously I would have had Santos looking like a world beater after he's, you know, he fought John Jones with a fucking torn ACL, which was crazy. But Alexander Rakic ended up doing enough in the end to take a win. It just wasn't very exciting. If you're, if you're thinking about watching the fights back, skip it. Disrespect. Uh, <laughs> then it was Islam Makachev versus Drudober. Um, I picked Islam for this. Um, and he came out and showed why people are comparing him to Khabib because he absolutely Hulk smashed Drudober all over the place. Yeah, it was pretty dominant from start to finish. Uh, Drew Dober had some um, pretty good jujitsu, but he was just kind of delaying the inevitable. Inevitable, so like Islam would get him down, you know, but he wouldn't be able to pass. So Drew Dober would put him in half guard, then would get back to full guard, then he'd open his legs, maybe get to mount, but then he, you know, Drew would escape and pull him back into his guard. But never, he was never really offensive with his guard. Um, but. So it was, it was a good effort from Drew Dober, but like the pressure of Makachev was just crazy. It was just crazy. He's just, just relentless. And then he ended up finishing Drew with like a, like a tripod arm triangle choke. It was almost like a, it was like a Von Flu, but without the, like the guillotine grip. It was really weird. It didn't seem like a lot of pressure, but he just drove his fucking shoulder like into his neck, man. And then just like full blood choke. 
and then he got the tap in the third round. Um, yeah, that was that was pure domination. Pure domination. Um, then we had Aljamain Sterling versus Peter Yarn. Yeah, it was a fucking. It was a good fight up and up until the uh, illegal knee by Peter Yarn, which uh, of course resulted in a disqualification. Um, it was really weird. Did you watch that one? Yeah, it was really weird because it was because it's a title fight. Someone has to uh, come away with the belt. And it's really tough. Like, usually with an illegal knee, I always thought it ends up in a no contest. But you kind of can't do that with a title fight because if Peter Yarn does an illegal knee to finish the fight and it's a no contest and he's the champion, that means he walks away with the belt. And you can't, like, get disqualified and still walk away as champion. Do you know what I mean? But then the other guy got essentially finished and got the belt. Due to disqualification. It's just very unsatisfying for, like, everybody involved. But taking into consideration, Aljamain Sterling was getting his ass kicked. He did, he did well in the first round. And then, well, he actually, he was doing well in the first round, but he got dropped by Peter Yarn with a fucking straight down the middle from hell. Just, Peter Yarn! He actually says his name every time he punches. He goes, Peter Yarn! <laughs> he doesn't. <laughs> uh, and, yeah, put Aljo on his fucking ass. And then Aljamain, man, oh, it was so frustrating. He kept going for this, like, spinning elbow or, like, spinning back fist, but, like, heaps. He threw it about ten times. And because he, he started to gas in, like, the second, third round, he started to, like, lose a lot of energy. And he just, like, would, like, step in for the spinning elbow and instead of, like, spinning, he'd just turn around and then Peter would, like, have his back. Or Peter, Peter would like have his back and I'm like fucking I was like pulling my hair I'm like dude what are you doing stop doing it but he just kept doing it like seriously like it was like over 10 times like I kept saying it out loud and then it just kept happening and I was like fuck me dead is no one saying this like I'm not I know he probably like probably, I know he probably um, like trains it a lot in the fucking you know in the training room or whatever but like man time and place those things only work when they're like a surprise that's when they're good when you set them up. I was just like, anyway. Oh, back to the knee. So, Peter Yarn, bro. Fucking, Aljamain was, I'll, I'll do it, I'll reenact. I'm not going to reenact it. I'll tell you what happened. I'll reenact it. Jack, come here real quick so I can knee you in the temple. No, so, so uh, Aljamain was so gassed that he kept like, when he closed the distance, Peter Yarn could like push the back of his fucking head to the point where like Aljamain was grounded. So, he was on the ground I don't think his knees were on the ground, but I believe that the referees yelled grounded, which means you're a grounded opponent. You're no longer allowed to knee or kick him in the head. Like, it has to be strictly punches. Um, so he was... So Jan was holding his arms, and then he lifted up Aljo's right, uh, left arm with his right arm and then kneed him straight in the side of the temple. And it was huge. It was like a big, blatant knee. And even I was like... That's a fucking, that's an illegal blow if I've ever seen one. And it was completely intentional because it was, it didn't like, it didn't happen in the flurry. It was like, stopped, grounded. I'm going to think about this. Boom, need him in the temple. Now, just after the fight, the commentators were saying that Peter Yarn's corner was yelling out, knee, 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 or kick, kick, kick. 
to the grounded opponent and they're saying that, oh, yeah, that was a big misjudgment from his corner um, That's and that's why he, he need him in the head. And I was like, no, he's a professional fighter. He knows the rules. Yeah, and it's a, it's a title fight. Do you know what I mean? Like if I was, imagine if I was at a jiu-jitsu comp and then my coach Daniel was yelling out, punch him. And then I punched him and then I got disqualified and was like, oh, fuck, oh, I'm sorry, my coach told me to. Like, no, I know the fucking rules and so does he. But apparently it was yelled in Russian and Khabib overheard it and told uh, Daniel Cormier on the commentary team and was like, he was saying knee, knee, knee because his corner was like, yeah, knee, knee, knee. Because he was like grounded, but he didn't have his hands on the ground, but he was considered grounded because he'd been there for a certain amount of time. But, man, it was completely illegal. Peter Yarn definitely deserves to be disqualified. And for those people saying that Aljamain Sterling is like an actor, go fuck yourself. He wasn't acting. I, you can come over to my house if you want, and you can take a kneel in front of me, and I'll knee you in the fucking temple as hard as I can, and we can give you an Oscar. How about that? Right, the internet went mental and was just saying like, oh, the Oscar goes to Sterling and shit because he like, he got up and he was like, oh, like my head, my head and like laid down and stuff. He was clearly hurt. And I think Justin Gaethje actually put a tweet at that point that said, um, it should never be up to the fighter if they want to continue from something like that, which I think is true. If you've just gotten like illegally kneed in the head with that amount of force, you shouldn't, you're not like, and you're not with it. How are you going to be the one in charge of moving on? Like, that's what the referee's there for. The referee is there to protect the fighters and make sure that their health is okay. And the doctor as well. And the doctor came in, they're talking to each other going like, oh man, it's a title fight. You don't want to, uh, you don't want to be the guy that stops the title fight. You know what I mean? Like they were both kind of like tentative to do it. So like, oh, we'll leave it up to him. And then because he was like, I can't continue. Everyone's like, oh, you're a fucking bitch. And you're, you acted your way to a victory. But the thing is, if Aljamain Sterling had continued, he was going to get knocked out. So in terms of his longevity, his actual health, and like he, he 100% made the right move. Whether you like it or not, even I, I, me watching it, I wasn't like stoked with that result. No one wants a disqualification fucking knee in a title fight. And that was the fight I was looking forward to the most. Like even more than the Izzy fight. A little bit of water. Hold on. I need some water been yamming. So was I was I disappointed as well? Yes, yes, I was. But you gotta you gotta think about it. They're two athletes. You gotta think about Aljamain's career. He wants to continue to fight. They're gonna redo it, so it's gonna be even better next time. Aljamain knows what PDR's gonna bring to the table. Probably won't spin as much. Probably won't spin as much. Um but yeah. Peter Yarn by disqualification. Um, I think it was completely intentional, dirty Russian dialg. That's what it looked like to me. And then he was like, at the end of it, raising his hand like, I won. I, I, I'm the one who won that fight. And I actually said, um, I, said I said to my mate, I was like, I bet he's going to feel pretty awkward when he gets out of that cage and his PR team tell him, uh, hey man, you're going to have to write an apology and put that out there so you look like a good sport. And then fucking 10 minutes later, I would like to apologize to the MMA community on my, you know, I'm like, <laughs> what I say, what I say. Anyway, that's all I've got to say about that. Uh, moving on to Amanda Nunes versus Megan Anderson. 
there was a there was a reason Megan Anderson was a six to one underdog, and we saw that on Sunday because she got fucked up. Essentially, what happened if you hadn't seen it is the match started. Amanda Nunes came out there, chucked one overhand right at Megan. She like half blo- kind of blocked it, and then went fuck. And like you could see in her eyes that she was visibly scared and went, oh shit, she hits like a man. Oh no. And just backed away. And then I was like, oh, this fight's over. And it was really, it was really shit. Cause you know, she's from the Gold Coast. I was, I was gunning for her. She's from, you know, she's Australian. She came out to Hilltop Hoods. We were like, yeah, you know, nosebleed section, do it for Hilltop. And then man, she got flatlined. She just got, she got dropped, went down. Amanda kind of like, what did she do? She got, it was like um, Megan was going for deep half guard and then she freed her foot and got like a triangle from the back and then, then went for the arm bar over the hip, which was very nice juju, very nice jujitsu. Uh, not very good for Megan Anderson. Absolute demolition in the first round. Amanda Nunes is the best of all time for a reason. She's just too, she's just too fucking good. And like I said on the podcast with Daz last week, Megan shouldn't have been there anyway. Yeah, she, she shouldn't have been there anyway. And um, yeah, tough, tough night for Megs. Tough night for Megs. Also, I hate the way that the Americans say Megan. It's M-E-G-A-N, Megan. They're like Ma- Megan, Megan. Not even Megan, like Megan. I'm like, Megan's not her name. Megan is swapping the vowels in her name, like M-A-G-E-N. That's Megan. It's clearly Megan. 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 Anyway, so just getting salty at Americans. And then the main card. Oh man, the boy Israel Adesanya versus Jan Blachowicz. Uh, it was a great fight. I think it was really close. I thought I had it. Um, Although I had Jan winning pretty much most of the fight. Like, Izzy looked like he was in control of the first two, two rounds, but Jan outlanded him in both those rounds. Like, outstruck him. Oh, and Dana was pissed about the 10-8 rounds. I mean, if you, it depends how you score 10-8s. I, I saw all that. If, if you score 10-8s due to damage, they weren't 10-8 rounds. Ten, but in regards to the other rounds... Like, he took him down twice in the last two rounds and held him down. And and the last one was so big. Because it looked like Izzy was trying to find... In the fifth round, it looked like Izzy was trying to find his flow state and he was trying to get, like, in the moment. And he just took too fucking long. Like, yeah. I didn't didn't expect Jan to respect Izzy as much as he did. And he really did respect his power. Yeah, Izzy thought he was going to, like, rush in a lot more, which I did too. And he did, and he waited for the perfect time and then in the fourth and fifth round just got a body lock on him and took him down and held him down it was hats off to Jan Blakowicz because no one's been able to do that to Israel Adesanya in the whole time he's been in the UFC 20 and 0 now 20 and 1 handed Izzy's first loss by decision no one has any problems with it it was completely what happened uh Dana was just salty because he's fucking height beast got fucking you know got beaten he'd love another double champ but that's, that's just how it goes. I think the way Israel Adesanya handled the loss was one of the best um, I've ever seen. And I think when you handle a loss like that, it isn't really a loss. 
Like, it doesn't diminish his star at all. Because he can still go back down to 185 and smash all those dudes now. And it's like, he still hasn't lost at middleweight and has all the accolades. So, I think Israel will be fine. And I'm so happy for Jan because now it solidifies Jan as the light heavyweight champion. He's beat, like, a legitimate contender, even though Izzy was coming up in weight. It, I'm happy for Jan. Have you watched any of the embedded with Jan? Yeah. Man, seems like the best dude ever. Oh, yeah, that fucking thing was crazy. Yeah, Jan's just a lovely dude. Uh, Polish people are cool, man. Um, so, yeah, that was a good fight. The scoring was weird. Like, I I mean, I, I could I could have almost done it 4-1 to Jan, to, to, Jan, to Jan. I think it was, but people were, like, going crazy about that. Now, that saying that, like, Izzy had, like, the first three. I, I don't think Izzy had the first three. Because that's what they were saying. They were saying Izzy had the first three... And that Jan had two 10-8s, which won him the fight. Yeah. And I get that. If, if, if Izzy had fully won those first three, then I would... And then, like, Jan got two takedowns and then just, like, one, I'd be like, well, that's shit. Because he didn't even do anything with him. Like, he didn't smash him, really. Punched him, like, twice at the end of the fifth. Like, he was holding him, holding him, holding him, and then just, you know, got an elbow or a punch in at the end. So that was a veteran move. It was a veteran move. He, he yeah. Yeah, so he did. He did really well. I, I mean, like you can. I mean, there's no playing it safe, but he he definitely played it smart and did the right thing and ended up getting the victory. And yeah, it was sick. And I didn't. I didn't walk away that disappointed because I chucked on fifty bucks on Yarn just before the fight started. Yeah, I know. I flipped. I flipped. So I, I know. So I, I wanted. This is like this is something that Ollie taught me, our older brother. He said that if you want someone to win, like, because you never bet with your heart, always bet with your, with your brain. He, he's like, if you want someone to win, bet on the other guy. That way, if the guy you want to win loses, you win money. You know what I mean? So either way, you're happy. And then like, yeah, you might lose money if, if your guy wins, but your guy won. So <laughs> you're stoked. And I always kind of think about that. But what it was was... Um, when the but just before the fight started, I checked the odds and it was like Israel like a dollar and ten cents and Yarn was fucking three twenty five to one and I went, he's three dollars. I was like, I thought it'd be way more even, and I went, oh my god, I hadn't checked the the odds, and I was like, shit, three dollars. I was like, fuck, I'll put three three twenty five. I'm like, fuck, I'll put fifty bucks in that. So I won one hundred and sixty two dollars or something. <laughs> yeah, I was like, those aren't good odds. They're fucking dumb. That's just people sucking Izzy's dick too much. But I mean, I've I've uh, fallen victim to that to that dick as well. Oh man, why do I say shit like this on a podcast that I release? Yeah, yeah, good sound bites. Fuck me. No, don't fuck me. Damn it, I've done it again. Ah 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 oh, shit. But that is it for the UFC. How long have we been going for? Oh, shit, man. I fucking overdid it today. I can wrap it up. I mean, it was pretty boring today. So, sorry, guys. But I was just doing a little UFC recap because it's still fresh in my mind. It's still fresh in everyone's mind. Hey, hey. Yeah, we got, we're going to have Ben Anderson on next week, who's a very good friend of mine. He's a tool expert from Bunnings Warehouse. Very funny man. Very smart gentleman. And he's also quite handsome for the ladies out there. Uh, who who uh, who are listening? But thank you for joining me. That has been uh, the recap of UFC two five nine. Uh, thank you for joining me. Uh, kiss hug, kiss hug, kiss hug. Love Uncle Fogarty, and I'll see you next week. <laughs>